You ready? Let's go. Out of all people in the world, Don Avery is going to tell people how to act? What are you, nuts? Hockey gods will always come back and get you. John Tavares in his first game back here on Long Island. Hockey gods will come back and get you every time. Welcome to the Religion of Hockey Podcast, episode four. We're finally, we're finally in episode four. Congratulations! But I am joined we're on episode Taylor Hall. Yeah, episode apparently, apparently. At oh this rate. wait, wait, no, he's number nine now. Um, uh, who's another number four? Bobby Orr, Miro Heiskanen, Miro Heiskanen. Imagine saying Miro Heiskanen over Bobby Orr. That's terrible. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> That's take. me. That's me. That's me for sure. But I guess we're I guess we're joined by Nico and Jay. I, I guess we are. I guess. Hello. What do you mean? Shalom. Shalom. You mean hockey god? Yeah, what do you mean yes. I guess? Hockey god and under a 100 follower Jay. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> nice. okay, listen. We've been talking before the podcast for like an hour. And that's all they do. They just clown me for my follower account. So follow me. God. <laughs> you can't see Jay. You can't see Jay right now, but he's inside of his house wearing a hood and a hat. I look depressed, he's man. He's, he's been <laughs> complaining about his double chin for the last two hours. I, so. My double chin is nice. What do you mean? <laughs> go go follow him. All right, Sexy. Anyway, let's get on, let's get on to this the hockey. This is a hockey this is what podcast, here, appar- apparently. For. <laughs> All right, let's get on to point. All right. Ted Lindsay. Okay, first of all, RIP, rest in peace. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully he... Uh, yeah, hopefully he rests in the, peace. The hockey gods will take care of him. Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Ted Lindsay definitely. I mean, everyone's talking about it. Obviously, he's one of the most respected players in the game. And, and I was just mentioning it earlier to um, to Jay here, not Jay, uh, to Nate over here, um, saying how nobody really talks about how influential he was to the actual game right now because i don't think people realize how good he was yeah. not only like in for the you know for the red wings for however long he played and then um when he actually started to institute the player association he got traded from the red wings because he had because to retire for five years to do no it. no no he um he got traded from the red wings because the red wings did it yeah, to Chicago because they didn't want him joining a union for the players. Oh, okay, so they okay. traded they traded him and Glenn Hall to the Blackhawks. And he <laughs> played three years. Played three years on the Blackhawks uh, and retired just before they won the actual uh, the cup in 62. And they were saying, there's interviews from back there saying that they only won the Stanley Cup because they took all the lessons that Ted Lindsay gave exactly. him. Um, you talk about all the, like how influential he was like on the ice, but off the ice, obviously he started the NHLPA, which was a big like thing in itself because like teams didn't really want him, you know, because it screwed the teams over. Let's be honest, let's be blunt here. Owners and the fact that yeah, and like the fact that like the NHLPA wouldn't be a thing right now. It wasn't for him. Like he really like he was very influential on and off the ice. Um, apparently he was like a great man. Like even though he's known as like good player, <laughs> good player, good player. Yeah, hey, no doubt about. It, but if you look at history, and right I'll give you a little history lesson. Um, Back in my history, day, in in the sixties. People who started unions were generally like outsiders. Like anybody who started a union was against big corporations, and they got 
you know, fired. They weren't allowed to work, and a lot of these people left the country because they couldn't do unions. Now, for a guy in a professional sport of only six teams, keep in mind, to do this kind of this kind of work, it, it's it was unheard of. And especially that he ended up getting his way, and players helped him push through for that. It's so influential, and I and I can't like undervalue and understate how not only all of his work. It's it's up to right now. It's 1960. He started in 59. Think about that. It's now been over 50 years since he started this, and it's still around today. Yeah, exactly. Like the the just influential aspect of him, I think, is the most important part. While he had an illustrious career, over a thousand games played, uh, over 800 points. I think the when it comes to how he is and how he was as a person is more important. I mean, he won four cups. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's a great hockey player, but the courage that it must have took in what like ni- 1959, as you said, the courage that it must have took and to do something like that to organize something like that to change how players were perceived how they were paid how they were handled for pretty pretty much the rest of life at this point it it was just something that not a lot of players could have done at that time and very little could have done but Ted Lindsay really stepped up and was one of the few guys that had the courage to actually do that which takes a ton of guts Oh yeah, yeah. And sure. well, well, not only like obviously with all those with all that going and saying, but he also was the first person to once he the uh, they skipped over the five year period for him to get into the Hall of Fame, but at the time, um, you you can only have players and people who are in the game to your Hall of Fame ceremony, and he was the yeah. first he was the first person to say no. My my wife, my family, they went through all the my sacrifices coming or that I'm I had coming. to go through. Yeah, well, my wife's coming or I'm not coming. And then the, what did they do the next year? Brought him back into to the Hall of Fame and we're like, hey, you know what? You're right, buddy. And now families are allowed over there. Um, he was also the first person to, to carry the cup around the ice as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he did a lot. There was a lot of things He's that he did. He's just were, to the sport. Yeah, and, I, and, and again, it's lost in time because of how long ago it was. But, I mean, he he was on one of the, the most um, known lines in hockey, the production line, Gordie Howe, Sid Abel, and obviously Ted Lindsay. Pretty good. Um, like, known for, because obviously they were in Detroit, um, the production line, because Detroit was known for the automotive, uh, you know, making cars and stuff. So it just worked perfectly. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, again, I can go on and on about how great this guy is, but like, rest in peace for sure. He's going to be missed. And up until probably this last year, you will see him at every single like award ceremony. He, his award, the Ten Lindsay Award, is in my opinion is the most important award given out because it's voted on by the players' by the association. Players, yeah. Not the media. Who is the best player? Who is the best player voted by the players? Yeah. And I think that is the most important award. And and obviously. Obviously, it's named after one of the most important people to the game. I just want to talk about quickly. You go ahead. Oh, yeah. Just the human um, of uh, Ted Lindsay. Like, apparently, he, like, like John Bellyville, like, he couldn't be nicer and, like, all that stuff. He's very important to the game. And, like, he would, like, never, like, for the time period is what I want to talk about. Is like, back in the day, like, stuff like that wasn't accepted. Like, bringing your wife, like, that's a huge deal. Like, now it seems like nothing, but that's a huge deal for its time period. Like, women weren't allowed to do a lot, obviously. It's better now, but just stuff like that. Yeah, funny exactly. Story, funny story you mentioned John Beliveau. So I was reading up on what Ten Lizzie did. Apparently, every time someone mentioned John Beliveau's name, he would stand up in respect to him. 
because that that's just that's just the kind of man he would he would literally whether he was someone would just he would just hear it in the room and he'd stand up for him because that's just the mm-hmm. kind of guy it was he'd respect them that much um sorry that you mentioned that I just had to throw that in there it, yeah it's crazy how how influential is a great word it's it's amazing how good of a guy he was honestly and again i can't i can't say enough about him and when it comes to the awards like we all talk about the heart trophy like it's the most like it's the most valuable trophy like it actually is but that's all that's all decided by the writers that's all decided by uh the journalists and while yeah they do have a usually a lot of them are paid to have good opinions i feel like it's more important when the players and the players association are voting on that when they know who he is and of course that's just i i feel like you do have a point there that it's it it comes from a bit of respect because Lindsay, I feel like, or Lindsay is one of the most respected players in the game, and rightfully so. And I feel like him having that trophy kind of just is perfect. Exactly, no doubt about it. In the league, like not us, but in like the league and the players themselves, I've heard that that's like, like that's why Connor McDavid got it last year. I mean, he wasn't even nominated for the heart, which is crazy. He should have gotten the heart. Exactly, he should he should get the heart every year, realistically. But he wasn't even nominated. And like apparently, he, like in like in the organization of the NHL, uh, apparently in like in the league, like that's the trophy they care about because they vote on it, and they all and obviously they know because they play against these players, like who actually deserves it. So, I I think we need to start. Um, you know, we need to start. Uh, this is a whole different discussion, but we just got to start respecting the Ted Lindsay more than the heart, almost. Yeah, and moving on to the to the next gigantic <laughs> to the thing. most disrespectful thing. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> now we have John to the whole John Tavares situation, which will honestly just take forever to dissect. But it was a crazy one, and Nico, I'm gonna hand it off to you a little bit because, of course, you're the Maple Leafs fan here. I want to get your thoughts too. So, we all know John Tavares made his way back to the island for the first time since he left. A full 13 um, times people showed up. Woo! Yeah, apparently. No, hot yeah, that's, how, that's how we started out this conversation here. Um, so, he went back to the, island, to the island for the first time. And you already knew from the, from the first time he... From ink... From when he put his pen onto the paper signing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You already knew there was going to be an eruption the first time he came to the island. Um, obviously, even before any of the, any, even before him showing up to the stadium, there was people putting his jersey out on the front of the, um, you know, the front of the parking lot, running over it. People lighting his jersey on fire. Um, throwing snakes on the a ice. store. Throwing snake. Well, even before that, there was people setting up signs around the arena saying like, "We don't need you. You're a snake." Um, Frankie Borelli. Him and Sean Avery talked. Um, Frankie Borelli is a. He's not a store owner, but he, his dad owns a pizzeria a block, like uh, in front of the the Coliseum, and he wrote on on top of the. Um, on one of the signs, like, we don't need you, John Tavares, something pretty, pretty childish, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and obviously getting into the game itself, um, right when he stepped on the ice, booing ensued. Um, while he was standing there, people were throwing snakes at him. Uh, Jerseys. A, a company actually took, I was reading into it, a company actually took out a, a front row of the ice, and they bought all the people who were sitting there 
jerseys that said 91 trader on it i don't i honestly kind of i'm not surprised by that because there were a lot of that there was a lot of jerseys that had that and i don't i won't deny islanders fans passion they obviously showed it a ton in that game but there was a little bit too much of that almost like it was set up in some all way. right so listen you can boo all right you can say where's your jammies it's your bedtime that's all funny and whatever but it, there comes to a point where it's just like assault basically uh you can't throw things at professional athletes you cannot like jersey snakes um you, like calling them at like a i guess an a-hole i guess we're a family friendly podcast I pg family friendly clean but podcast. uh calling them an a-hole stuff like that like that's dumb it's not like the thing is i like the game actually it was intense it felt like real like it was very like playoff uh-esque so I actually liked the game because everyone had a lot of writing on it and it was like a almost like the whole league was watching. But it's like once you get to saying like he's an a-hole and throwing stuff, that's a whole like other story. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. What what, what gets me is that um, obviously I'm not a player. I mean, none of us have played in the NHL. But I mean, for I think just in general, thinking about it, what if you were on a team for 10 years? And you come back to where you were, you know, I obviously you know what's going to happen. I mean, not like John DeVars came in and like, whoa, this is what's going on. I, I, that didn't happen. You knew what was going to happen. But for the fact that he came back and that happens, like, it, it kind of sucks as, as a player. I mean, if I was at a company for 10 years and I came back there and the first thing people start throwing snakes at me, like, it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks that I put in so much work for this company just, just to get this kind of disrespect and like you know it makes it it sucks as a player and people are telling saying oh and which leads to the to the toronto maple leaf game the, the next day adam um, wild where, where yeah adam wild started the the tavares to day and just you know saying how much we you know we we love John Tavares as Leaf fans. Like, I love John Tavares. He's been fantastic. He's pretty much been the de facto captain for the Leafs, if we're being honest. Um, and just everything he does. I mean, he's already he's brought all of his charity stuff to the to the Maple Leafs, to Toronto. Um, he's done a lot of things for the community so far in his first year. And while he's a quiet guy, you know, I feel for the dude. And when he, what the Toronto Maple Leafs did, the mayor came out and said, hey, today is Toronto, or Tavares T.O. Day. Um, and during the game, you know, the, the team itself let him stand on the ice by himself and everybody gave him a standing ovation. And people will, people are saying, oh, why are you giving this guy, uh, you know, a standing ovation because someone booed him. Oh, he's making million dollars. Dude, he's a, he's a human being. And again, it brings me to the main back to the main point. Like, if you went, if you you feel that kind of hate from a team that you ble- you bled, you sweat, you gave tears. You know, I wouldn't say cried for him, but I mean, like, he gave a lot. He gave heart for that team, and for somebody to do all that, and you come back home to a team, your home team, and they give you that. I give the you, you do that every single time. Yeah, because that's not only that's not only you're gonna be. I think he's gonna be your captain, but that's a player that has loved your team forever, and it's your team. He's on your team now, so you give him that respect. So I give I give the Toronto Maple Leafs full no hands down claps for that one. And anybody who wants to say, oh, you, you, what what is that? Like, shut up. Shut the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs organization is very like they're very good about it they were very classy about it they could have 
they put John Tavares in the starting lineup. Uh, they uh, put the graphic up. They announced like from the goalie out stuff like that. Like so that uh, John Tavares could be the last person. They had his like stats and all that on the, up on the Jumbotron. But not to mention just like any time the NHL community can come together to put on a show like that. When you're, no matter what team, if you can get your fans involved, no matter how, like when a lot of things, like the NHL is very small compared to team, like compared to leagues like the NBA and the NFL, it's like when you can get a crowd that much going in a Toronto Maple Leafs regular season game, because it's kind of known to be a little bit dead, a little bit it's, dead. It's dead. Season. It's dead over like there. When like nobody you can cheers get your for anything. Team to come around. And like join over to this one thing. Why not? It's good for the game, and it gives people this, like. There's nothing bad in like. Guess what? It makes publicity stuff like that. Yeah, for me personally, I was just kind of dis. I I knew it was going to happen. We all were looking at that date, and Tavares coming back to to Long Island. We all knew the booing was going to happen. But I I I I have zero problem really with the booing. I feel like they'd have the right to do that. It's in their choice. I have, it does. I have no. I know quite a bit of Islanders fans that feel that way. That it w- it was disrespectful on their part. You can you can do whatever you want. But the thing that got me the most was the throwing stuff at him, throwing the jersey, throwing the snakes at him. Like you can't do something like that and he still be respected. He owes you nothing. He owed you nothing. He does. He doesn't like. Like he didn't do he anything. Went, like he didn't do anything to you. All he did was be your best player that for you nine drafted years. first overall and for nine. years years that's all he did he only took you to the playoffs what th- two times i mean one, one what was around series. him what was around him he scored the overtime winner to go on to the second round for the first time since the 1990s and guess what what did he, he what did he owe you he took a pick up for you to surround you with better talent and you failed to exactly. do exactly guess what you failed him he didn't fail you you failed him well even less of that it's like dude if you're uh, if you're going to go on a team uh, and that's the, he. It's his home team. Who would want to be in New York right. right now? Let's be honest, though. Right now they're first. Well, I wouldn't even take. I wouldn't even go on. Right that now they're take. first. I mean, but like, like, who wants to play in front of two, twelve thousand people? And that's good for them. Why well, exactly? More of a point of why. Why are they even complaining? Why are they even a throw? Give them the standing ovation for the, the for players. The, were the Islanders le- players tapping their sticks? Of course they were. Because they, they respect him. They respect him because they know that he's that he. That he worked hard for that team. They know all this stuff, and like nobody's gonna go. No, not one of those play. Not any player in the league's gonna sit there and be like John Tavares did the wrong thing. Traitor. Nobody's gonna sit there and say that. And these fans who just want attention, saying like, "Oh, look at my jersey." That's all they. That's all that was. They all want attention. Yeah, it's when, it, especially when it comes to the attendance. Like the Islanders are dead last in the NHL. You are getting less attendance than the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes. The Arizona Coyotes. You don't have really too much of an excuse. The stadium is far away. I know that it's not suited for the NHL. I know that. But they when play it comes in two to two stadiums, Bar- yeah, I mean, when it comes to Coliseum, where they're supposed to sell out every single game there, I mean, when it comes to that Ottawa versus New York game, I think that happened yesterday or something. They couldn't even get twelve thousand people there on a game or on a game that was supposed to sell out. I mean, those Coliseum games were there so that Islanders fans could rejuvenate themselves, the new team see how it's going, and then be able to actually attend it. Because there's a lot of Islanders fans that are on the other side of that stadium and when it comes to Barclays, and they aren't able to go there. But when it comes to those Coliseum games, 
Islanders fans don't really have an excuse because they're around there. They should be going to those games. They're f the Islanders are first in the Metropolitan. You can't be skipping out on those games. And even though it's against Ottawa Senators, you need to support your team after you just said Trader versus John Tavares. If you're going to do something like that, show how good your fan base is. How about you actually attend the games totally you're supposed agree. to be attending? Also, not to mention they're in first place. Like what? Why aren't you watching this team? They're playing exactly. good. It's not like they're bad. They're playing good. It all it all goes back to people just wanting attention. They're all going to just show up to this team. Even if they're winning, it's a dump. Nobody wants to go there. Quickly speak on, I just brought up the numbers. So according to ESPN, um, New York Islanders are dead last in average uh, NHL attendance. This is uh, the NHL attendance report uh, for 2018-19 season. They average 12,219 fans per game. Compare that to Chicago, which is the highest, is 23,000. So that's a huge drop-off. And, and they have people in standing room, too. And not to mention the standings. Chicago is not doing as well as the Islanders, and there's a 11,000 drop-off. Like, that doesn't make sense. Support your team, maybe, and maybe that uh, maybe something will improve. Yeah, we're all talking about how the Arizona Coyotes should be relocating. The Florida Panthers should be relocating when they're not even the last-place attendance team. Oh, but the history yeah. of the Islanders. Obviously, that doesn't make it. Just show you guys up. Are, show you guys up. Don't, That's all you have to and do. And uh, let's we're bring it all back to the main point. For for John Zavaris, the whole, the whole thing for that whole situation is really crappy. And for the Leafs to do the classy thing and be like, hey, we respect you, we want you on our team, I think that's... They that took the, the high right, ground. The, they took the high ground on it. Just a good whole move. I, people who don't like it are just, you know, they're just trying to uh, get people who like it to talk to them. It's, a, again, like you said, uh, just about the, uh, the attention part of it, so... We need to move on to the Ottawa Senators because this oh, topic yeah. is worth talking about. Oh boy, I'm so excited to talk about this. So <laughs> I can't wait to Pierre dump Dorian well. fired Guy Boucher. No, a wait, wait, wait. let's ago. give them some backstory first. Wait, wait, wait. go ahead. So the game give before the I forget who was against, but the game before Pierre Dorian, this is something that GMs don't do, walked into the freaking dressing room and gave. Ah, oh, shoot, I can't swear. Gave crap to Senators players and says unacceptable when they he traded the three top goal scorers and your top goal scorer is a freaking rookie. Brady Chuck is a leading goal scorer at 14 goals. You trade Eric Carlson. This play is not acceptable. Oh, my God. And he's talking this. about, and in his press conference, after firing Guy Boucher, we'll get to that, but in his press conference, he says we should be winning games and how next year they're going to contend. You are dumb. You are delusional. Jay, I love how you defended him just last episode. I did, because I thought everything was, oh, it was Eugene Melnick's fault. But guess what? Eugene Melnick isn't telling Pierre Dorian to march on down there. I know that for a fact. Eugene Melnick is not telling Pierre Dorian to walk there. So it's so stupid that he's walking down to a team that just got the three top goal scorers traded, and he's saying that is unacceptable. Oh. The, best, the best thing about this is on that Tuesday, the, they fired him on Thursday. The best thing on Tuesday is that oh, Dorian came out. Oh, I totally forgot said, about this part. Dorian came out and said, Guy is going to be our coach for the rest <laughs> of the until season. Until his contract runs out, so until the end of the season. <laughs> until, until the end of the season. Two days later, gone. What a joke. What an absolute joke. It, and, oh, the, the best thing. Like, oh, that's not. No, I take that back. That's not the best part. The second best part is that during the press release, he brought a list out saying of all the requirements that their coach needs to be. Now, I don't have it in front of me, but it went. 
essentially like needs to be a good listener needs to be well with the rookies get paid minimum wage needs needs to do this like I'm gonna steal this from from Doug McLean on, on Hockey Central at noon. What? How are you gonna throw Guy Boucher under the bus like that? You know he's gonna be looking for another job. But not only that, like you just said two days ago, he's your coach. So what happened between t- t- what happened between Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? Like what what like what went down that you were like, oh man, this needs to be. We need Duclair to figure scored. out that was what the is issue. going. Duclair scored, so he was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> Duclair can't. It's score. not good enough, dude. You traded everybody. They've gotten rid of every single one of those players. They're an AHL team. Not even lying. They don't even have their first round pick. Let's here, just get that out of, here. out of here too. I'll bring up their lines right now, and you'll you tell me if they are an NHL team. Okay, I'll bring up their lines right now. All right, tell me because this it, I don't even know who half these guys are, and I and I know like almost you know their highest paid the defenseman is technically Dion Phaneuf because of his retained salary. Wasn't it CC? Other than Cody CC, here I'll run you through the lines as of right now. Who they want to trade second. by the way, and nobody Let wanted him. They have Brian Gibbons on the first line. I remember that. Oh my God! This team is this team is so bad that it's like. Let me do this you, right now. There's just been there's just been so many problems with this organization that not only are you losing fans, but like, I, I, I this has been brought this has been a hot topic that maybe the league should step in for them. That maybe maybe Bettman needs to step in He'll and say, do that, hey, but it's gonna and be, write, it's gonna and write have this to be shit behind closed doors. He can't do it in front of people. Yeah. But it's good. Well, no, well, no doubt about it. But I know you guys, you guys are a little like younger for this. But back in the day, they like Gary Bettman used to put out a lot of okay. fires. Like he was people like the owners were going to jail. I have I have the, the line. Going, tell me the, what are the line. What are these lines? All right. So I think the third line is the best. But we'll here. Okay, Brady to Chuck, solid rookie, right? Good player. Okay. Colin White is their first line center as of right now. And guess who their right winger <laughs> is? I just want you to take a guess. Brian Gibbons, right? Yeah, it is Brian Gibbons. Okay, you knew that. I oh saw my that. God, <laughs> who they got oh. for? Uh, well, what was his name? It was the it was it was the guy that ran over Clark McCarthy and gave him that concussion. <laughs> okay, whatever. Oh my lord. Brian Gibbons is. I maybe you know more, but I'm pretty sure he's not. He was on Anaheim. Amazing. He had a decent season in known Pittsburgh Penguin. Brian. Okay, Gibbons. you have Rudolph's oh, yeah. ba- Balsers, who should probably be in the minors developing. No, he's good. He's good. No, he's good. He's good. They got him in the Eric Carlson trade. So that's okay. that, there's a plus. They paired him with Chris Tierney. Who's, what? He's a solid third he's line. Also from, also from the from the Sharks. He's a, Magnus Pyarvi, solid player. Depth. For, oh, bust, bust of the Oilers. <laughs> Zach Smith. This is their third line now. Zach Smith. Okay. Pajot, yeah. Yeah. Who's good. I would say he's good. Yeah, he's okay. And Bobby Ryan. I would say that's probably their best line. That's the... That's the if you put... Uh, if you, like... I don't know. You switch out Bobby Ryan with somebody else. That could be their best line. <laughs> well, I would put yeah. I would put Brady Kachuk with Pajot. If you put pa- if you had Pajot, Brady Kachuk, and then Bobby Ryan, I would even put Pajot to Chuck and Duclair. You, you know, you know what would be a good lineup? Kyle Turris, Hoffman, Stone. That's good. Duchesne, Carlson. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know who would be good out there? Yeah. <laughs> Those guys. Not Cody Cece. Yeah. Not Cody season. Name me, okay, name me their six offensive. You know Th- Thomas Shabbat. You know Dylan Bor- Borowiecki. You know Jaros. Cody Cece. You know Christian Jaros. You know Mark Borowiecki. Who is their last defenseman right now in their top six? I have no idea. Wait. I have no idea. Um, um, Gustafson, the guy that they just no, traded for. Number 67, the helps. 
Oh, 67. Um, is he big? Is he giant big guy? Is he a big player? Uh, I can find out right now. I have no idea. I have no idea. Who is it? Who is it? It is. He doesn't even know. It is. He has to check. He's that bad. He's that bad of a defense, but he has to check. <laughs> no, I mean, this he lineup is, is like, honestly. He's only, oh, he's 6'5". Yep. All right, who is, who is this who is player? Ben who Harper. Is this man? Come on, boy. Oh, yeah. He's ben, the guy uh, I always forget. Uh, it's like yes, ben you have Harper. two forgettable players in Jaros, Will Lannon, and you have did you, Harper. Did you know he's the, he's the second cousin of Bryce Harper? Whoa. Yep. Yep, definitely. Sports connection there. All right, uh, main point here. What is going on with the Ottawa Senators right now? I mean, what do you even – what do you even go from this? I mean, you fire your you fire your guy. You bring in Mark Crawford. I, I mean, think he's God, okay. Did you guys know Mark Crawford won the Stanley Cup in two thousand? No, two thousand. It was ni- yeah, Colorado. Ninety six. He's been out in the league, I believe, for ten years. He's gonna be. I feel like he's kind of gonna be an underrated guy. I mean, I don't. I don't agree with firing Boucher at all. But I don't feel I like Crawford. Will, oh my I don't feel God. like Crawford will be bad. He'll he'll develop some guys. He has some experience with that. He was. He came in the same year as Boucher did. Um, with that twenty seventeen run. So I feel like he'll be decent, just not what they really need for the long term. He also coached um, Austin Matthews when he NLA. was out in Switzerland. Yeah. He was not, he was in Switzerland, yeah. So um, anyway, I mean that's what not really, not really. What's up? On their injured reserve of Ottawa, they have Marion Gabrick and Clark MacArthur. That has an that has for the next few years nine point five million worth of dollars. Four point eight seven five for Gabrick. Four point six five. For Clark, that is equal to defensemen, including Cody Cece's four point three million dollar contract. If I am the Edmonton Oilers, I am doing everything I can to get Guy Boucher. Everything I can. Sack Hitchcock. I don't care what you have to do. I don't care if you have to fire him or bring him in. Whatever. Get Guy Boucher as your head coach. I don't care what Ooh, it takes. If I'm Edmonton, I want. Um, I want. Uh... I mean, just look back at the 2017 run. Like, Guy Boucher got the most out of pretty much everybody. He got the most out of uh, injured Eric uh, but Carlson. But he had, but he had Carl. I, I he don't had think a decent he got the, team, think, but that was not. I don't think he was one goal away from the most. Um, I don't think I don't think he got the most out of Eric Carlson. I think Eric Carlson got the most out of that team. Let's yeah. be honest there. I don't. I think it's it's a it's a lot lot and and Craig Anderson was great. Well, I think Carlson. I think we have to give him more time, obviously. But he hasn't been amazing with the shark. Um, well, either way, no, I mean, that, 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 that's good. that's here, that's here or there. Yeah. But I guess what guess what what I'm getting at here. Yeah, for, I for think the we're Ottawa trying to get at right now. that Carlson developed despite how bad Ottawa has been, like to like developing well not that i mean there's just all, all these players that they have it's just it's a mess i don't know where you go like i mean they it's just they need to stop saying things what do you they do need to just stop no, but what do you... you need to shut you oh their up. communication <laughs> is terrible well, think... again by the way their communication is terrible let's compare them to the new york rangers let's compare them to the new york rangers the new york rangers new york sent rangers a letter to their uh, the new uh, Rangers sent a letter to their season ticket holders saying that they're going fully for this rebuild. They've had great communications with their fans. They've had great communication with their players, their coaches, all of that. They left Alan Vigneault go because of that. Like, they didn't want him to be in this terrible situation. And, like, they did, the, they're doing the rebuild correctly. They're still keeping some veteran players, because you have to have that. They have no veteran players on the Ottawa team. And they're getting good assets for the players. And now Ottawa did, too. But they should learn from New York. You have to stay patient as well. 
Another thing is just patience. He shouldn't have fired Guy Boucher. Um, I don't know, Big man. Mistake. It's just a it's a crap show. I can't say what I want to say, but it's a crap shoot over there. I mean, they're they are so so lucky that when it comes to Shabbat, he could be one of the best defensemen. And Brandstrom, the best defense that was a good point. pickup. Yeah, I mean, Brandstrom was a good pickup at least there. I, I like the return they got back for to, Boucher. Yeah, exactly. To play devil's advocate, like yeah, they got a decent return, but uh, to me. It's, they got a decent return, but they should never have been in that position to trade guys in the first like Duchesne, place, trade yeah. guys like Carlson. Yeah, how they do you get Mark? How do you get Mark Stone, one of your best players, a one-year contract, and take him to arbitration? Yeah, he was an RFA. You could have. Oh. Well, no, no, no. He wasn't last the RFA this, this last year. He was, but how do you how 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 do you even let him go to arbitration? That's that that that's what I like. How do you even do that? He's your best. He's right next to Eric Carlson. He's one of your best players. And they traded and Eric I, Carlson. And well, even like even prior to that, you knew this organization was going to the ground when they allowed Daniel Alfredson to leave to leave the place. I mean, Dan Danny A was was gonna potentially be the next GM. And I mean, it kind of sucks, but I think when when Murray passed away, God bless his soul, um, this team went went to the crap. It really did. Okay. Yeah. That's enough talking about the crap shoot that is. Now the we need to. I think we need to focus on some of the NHL standings here. And we, since we're in March, we're at the crunch time. We only have. It seems crazy, but we only have like a month and a half left of the NHL season, which at this point it, it's just flown by completely. But a lot of the storylines come from some of the fringe teams in both the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference You're wildcard the race. You're starting the playoffs. Yeah. The Western Conference wildcard race. It's terrible, but it's competitive. And when it comes to the Eastern conference it was very tight it wasn't tight for a while there was like maybe like three teams fighting for those two wildcard spots but now it's opened up a little bit more and we have teams like the canadians the uh the pittsburgh penguins the columbus blue jackets the carolina hurricanes all fighting for those positions and the eastern conference and the western conference at the right time are getting just okay just a bit competitive so i have a question for you so basically tampa bay toronto boston uh new york islanders and washington are pretty much locks for the playoffs okay we have four teams, yeah. the Carolina Hurricanes, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Montreal Canadiens fighting for that one metropolitan uh, divisional spot and the two wildcard spots. So I want you to give me, even if it hurts my feelings, I want you to give me the one team out of those four that's going to miss because Philadelphia is pretty much falling out of uh, falling out of contention. And then other than that, they that's pretty much it. So tell me out of those four teams, who do you think is going to miss uh, the playoffs. Uh, Nico. Honestly, that Eastern Conference, yeah. I think it is boiled down to those four teams. Like, there is some teams like Philadelphia, but I, I just don't see that unless they go on a stupid, crazy run, which they had a couple of weeks ago. But after trading Gala Quinn Simmons, I don't see that happening. But when it comes to Pittsburgh, Carolina, Columbus, and Montreal, I, those are the teams that I think will be in it till the long run, till the last couple of days of the season. If I had to say one, it, it's super tough because I've gone back on Montreal, gone back on Pittsburgh sometimes like I'm back on Columbus I mean just a week just a couple of days ago they were looking terrible with all the acquisitions but if I had to pick one team to miss the playoffs this season it, it, it really is a coin flop or a coin flip but I feel like with the Montreal Canadiens since they don't have that divisional spot locked up like a team like Carolina or Pittsburgh could have I feel like they're at the most risk of losing that since they have to rely on that wild card spot since Toronto uh, Boston and Tampa Bay are all up there all right well uh... <laughs> 
It's a tough question. Between between Columbus, Montreal, Pittsburgh, and Carolina. Also, sorry, um, Jay, for my answer. It's okay. It's okay, man. Okay, so I'm going to take the stance of who, out of these four teams, who who missing is the most important? Like, what... If they miss, like what is oh, well, like, now, what happens? Well, the most, Columbus, Columbus, the for most, sure. the most, but the most colossal fail right now. I mean, Columbus for sure. Obviously, Columbus. That's that would be a take. But, no, but Pittsburgh they hasn't. Won, they, Pittsburgh that's what I'm saying. They they haven't won. They haven't won a, a series. Columbus, obviously, obviously they went all in grabbing Duchesne and you know everybody from from Zingle. <laughs> Um uh, I know they went it all in Montreal. If they miss the playoffs, it's really not big that big of a deal. I don't think so. You want them to make the playoffs, I mean, yes, but I really deal, don't think. And realistically, yeah, it's I really not. don't think it's the. Yeah, and then you go to Carolina. Carolina missing the playoffs. Everyone kind of expected them to miss the playoffs. Ooh, I don't know if being people expected them to miss the playoffs, um, but they were, I, I had a bit in mid range. I think that they were. They're always right there. And though, you can you know, ne- they're always, never they're always bet in this position. against Sidney Crosby. Ever. I will. Well, going, I can. you know I'm saying? Like, the most colossal fair right now for them not to make the playoffs, it's Pittsburgh. I mean, they won the Cup They won the cup two times in a row, uh, 2016, 2017. I, I'm saying who missed, like, out of this, what's the most colossal fail? Um, for Pittsburgh right now, with the core of, of Crosby and Malkin, for them not to make the playoffs, like, and they're spending that much money on, on those players, and they don't really have any cap space to do anything, they're at a point right now. Right now and they and they don't have any draft picks. Let's not let's not forget yeah. that they have no prospects coming up. They're gonna end up being a fifteenth overall, maybe draft pick. This year is a colossal fail. I mean, like I like I know the popular story right now is for if Columbus misses all that stuff. But like for me right now, if you miss the playoffs with Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel and Latang, like that's that's huge. I'll never bet against Sidney Crosby. He has thirteen points in five games right now. He also, Pittsburgh's also known for starting slow. Um, I will never. There's 20 games left. Yeah, but. I know, but I will never <laughs> bet against Sidney Crosby. Um, but for me, my answer, I'm not picking Montreal. If you think I'm picking Montreal, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I'm not Colorado picking Columbus because again, that's they. If they miss, Yarmo's gone. Obviously, no, Yarmo's gone. Uh, Pittsburgh again, never betting uh, against the Penguins, and then uh, that leaves Carolina, where we kind of expected them to be here, where they might miss, they might make it. So kind of just makes the most sense to me. Honestly, I, I right now I see the Montreal Canadiens as the most likely team to fall out. I would say Pittsburgh is the second most likely to out of that group. I, I going out a limb there. I say my, I say Pittsburgh gets into the playoffs, obviously, but I'm gonna say it's I, they get into that second wild card spot, and it's I it's like probably gonna be it's probably going to be like one or two point difference from Montreal. I feel like Montreal is gonna be super super close at that point but we'll just be beat off by of course you have that factor in pittsburgh crosby malkin and all that i feel like pittsburgh's gonna be super close about missing i don't see them getting out of the first round this year anyways even if they do make it or not or if they get in a better well i can see them beating the islanders to be honest yeah, it depends. I don't see it. Islanders I don't are see weird, it, though. Man. I think I I really if you look at their okay, I'm gonna get a little stat here. Um, if you get, if you look at their, like their PDO and a lot of their like XG graphs, 
um, like versus like puck differential versus them putting it in and their actual like uh, possession play. They have been consistently one of the top. The Islanders have been consistently one of the top teams in the NHL the whole season. And I'm just saying, luckiest. like the top, the, the top. Um, well, not luckiest. I mean, the possession plays there. PDO, yes, is puck is puck luck, yes. But their XG graphs and them having possession play versus um, the differential in uh, shots shot metrics. Um, they've been they've been the top team. I don't disagree. And I, what you said is totally but true. I, like I really do think for them right now, uh, I think they're one of the most underrated teams going into the playoffs because no one's giving them a chance, and especially with Barry Trotz getting the most out of this lineup. Um, they have a third line of Filpula, uh, and I forget the other guy's name. Filpula has I been amazing. Say, he has like. 20 goals already. Uh, I don't know who the other guy is, but Philpia, I think, oh, Philpia on Komarov, and he calls it the Fix-It Felix line. <laughs> and that line that line has literally been one of the best best lines in hockey. For He sends them out there, and their um, and their XG goes up, I was telling, which is crazy. I was telling everybody that Komarov had a super off year last year and that nothing was going right for him. I thought he was going to be a guy that Toronto, I don't know Toronto should have kept because their forward situation is just stacked right now. But the Islanders are one of those teams kind of reaping the rewards. And with me with the Islanders, they're a, one of the most interesting teams. They're going to make the playoffs pretty much at this point. We know that. But go, heading into the playoffs, they're going to be super, super interesting for the fact that, yeah, everybody pretty much underrates them. I mean, they're not an expansion team like Vegas was last year, but I feel like they kind of had the same situation where they're this crazy team. They come out of nowhere. They're playing amazing, and everybody expects the magic to end for them at some point. Everybody expects this to end in the last couple of games of the regular season, in the first round, or whatever it might be. I mean, every almost I had a lot. Of, I saw a lot of people saying that they might lose to uh, Vegas, might lose to LA in the first round last year, and that to me that sound a little bit crazy but a lot of people i think kind of underrate magic at this point we saw that with vegas last year how much magic and just just how well they were playing and they got to the stanley cup finals and i'm not saying that the islanders will make the stanley cup finals but this year they're kind of the team that has that magic that could go far in the playoffs they could obviously not lose in the first round or something but i feel like they have that magic that has potential to go in a long run exactly despite what i said i think like I do agree with you guys, like, obviously, Nico with the stats, and, like, they look good, but for me, it's just the fact that uh, it's their defense. It's it's their defense. Like, we knew Barzell was good, but Villa had already had kind of a good uh, year, um, and you, we knew their offense was solid with Anders Lee and Josh Bailey. It was more their defense was questionable with Johnny Boychuk. But the thing that happened is that Pulock and um, what's his Pulock's name? Pulock's amazing. What's his name? Pulock and who's the other defenseman who starts with a P? Um, one second, let me just Pelic. Oh, he's okay. oh yeah, P- uh, Pelic. He hasn't been amazing, but he's been solid, and Pulock's been great for them. So it's just they've been way more solid defensively this year, and that's su- and that's really helping them because we already knew their forward core was okay. Considering it was pretty good again, yeah. Tavares, like, uh, Barzell. They had the top Bailey, offense last season uh, with with Tavares, and we had a forty goal and a thirty four goal season in the last two years. Uh, on, like very quietly. Uh, a lot of people back then just said that oh he was getting ter- he was getting carried by Navarez. Same thing with uh, s- same thing with Bailey. But both of those guys are having amazing seasons playing alongside uh, Brock Nelson as the first line center. I mean, they're, Brock Nelson and Barzal are kind of switching the time there. I think uh, when it comes to the center position. But like when it comes to the Islanders, their offense was pretty much set even without Tavares, and the defense was always the question there. And even the goaltending to a pretty big extent. I mean, we ne- didn't really know what Leonard was going to 
going to be at the start of the season, how he was going to perform. He was kind of an underrated signing too at the time. But the defense was the biggest question mark for me because goaltending can have a lot of magic. But that defense on paper, I like Pulak. I think I think Letty is pretty solid. But when it comes to that defense, it was nowhere near going to be a top five defense in the league looking back on it. And it somehow, somehow happened out of the blue. And that was how Barry Trotz really just implemented that team into all of his strategies. Scott Mayfield and Devin Taves, their last. Yeah, Mayfield's good. Like, actually. Not to mention, I, I'm looking at their, um, like, the line ratings off of a uh, daily faceoff. Yeah, so face their off, first yeah. line, their first line of, of Lee, Nelson, and Everly is ranked Ooh, number 25. I forgot about Everly. Um, um, I their did too. Second line what the of, heck? Their second, their second line of Bovillier, Barzell, and Bailey ranked 15th. <laughs> that top six um, is so Rap, How do we do their, that? Th- how do we forget about Everly? Third, hold on. Hold on. The, their third line of Andrew Ladd, Phil Pula, and Komarov is ranked 28th. Now, their fourth line, when they, when they have Matt Martin on it, it's usually Matt Martin, Sezikas, and Clutterbuck is ranked number 12th Clutterbuck in the entire league. In the tw- it, but but Matt Martin, Sezikas, and Clutterbuck <laughs> is ranked 12th in the league? That was I so think crazy. People, I, think people for, I think people think that Matt Martin's, like, ancient. You know, he's only 29. Like, really? Doesn't Matt, doesn't Matt, yeah, that's exactly, you know, people are like, oh my god, Matt Martin's so old. He's, tw- he's 29 it's just years play old. Style. He's really... He's really not that that he's not that bad of a player. He's actually a pretty decent two-way player, and like this season, he's been really good for the Islanders. And obviously, they reunited that crash line, and it's worked out for him. I think it's been a I think it's been a just a kind of magical kind of season for them. Again, that defense nobody really expected it to do well. I thought that Vora group would still be good with Tavares, but there was still question marks for sure with that bottom six. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be good whatsoever, but guys like Sezikis were amazing so far. Okay, not to mention Zeke is having a 20 goal season on the fourth line. We totally forgot to mention their goaltenders oh, are playing at an, ast- an, an outstanding rate. You have Thomas Grice, who has never been a, like a league average goaltender. He's <laughs> playing great, and now you have uh, Robin Leonard, who's been amazing too. Uh, but the fans don't show up. <laughs> yeah, they can't see 20 we goals. Were, I forgot. I forgot we were talking about the Islanders, and I'm like, oh my god, but they don't show up for their first in the, their first in the Metro the Pop, Casey Zizekas has 18 goals this season. Or 18. Oh, what's this happen? I went to say like about 20, but and then you have Thomas Grice and Robin Leonard. Who, if Robin Leonard plays a few more games, he's apparently or not apparently, but probably nominated for the Vesna if he plays more he's at this one rate. Of my He's got to be. He's got to be. He has to be in the Vezina conversation. I mean, the only Watch reason not he's not going to be. It's his first year. He's the not only going reason to be. why people, I think, wouldn't give it to him is because he's kind of splitting time with Grice. But at that point, like, I feel like Leonard has been the more impressive goalie overall for what he's overcome. I mean, he should get like I don't know what the um. It's like the dedicate. Even if he's what's not the ne- trophy not made for the Vezina, as long as he gets like his credit. I think they're gonna they're gonna get Jennings. They're gonna get the yeah, Jennings trophy. The, the the trophy that's like. Adam dedication and perseverance like Leonard should totally get that oh no that's um, not um the, what was it? that's not that uh let's look it up i'll look it up but um, yeah Leonard yeah, should no, get that for what he's they're definitely they're definitely gonna get the the jennings award for the two best with the best save percentage goalies yeah. in the league they're definitely gonna get that um but you no know, i guess if you wanted to like look at like the other um the other divisions i mean we talked about yeah, the conference a little bit um. Uh, well, let's talk about let's talk about the lightning. Oh, you want, <laughs> what think, else? What yeah, else can nobody say? They're fifty-one, twelve, and four. They had the same amount of wins through sixty-six games as the nineteen ninety-six Detroit Red Wings, that were one point um, shy of being the most. We have a record, guys. They're fifty-one, twelve, and four. Watch. They reached fifty wins record before watch they right reached now. fifteen losses. That's crazy. 
Nikita Kucherov tied the Lightning's single-season points mark in tonight's win, a 5-2 win over the Jets. 67 games played. That's it. They still have I'm guessing. Le, I'm guessing St. LeCavier would have that. Let's, let's check it out. LeCavier was so awesome back in his day. Uh, let me let me look. I'm looking at the article right and now on Marty Sports Illustrated. Uh, Kachurov. Uh, I can't 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 speak English. Um, Kachurov's two points give him, gives him 108 points to tie the single season mark set by Vincent LeCavier in the 2006-2007 season when he finished with 52 goals and 58 assists. That's just insane to me. And like when it comes to Kachurov's season, though, when it comes to Kachurov's season. And like he's kind of made the conversation of being the best player in the league this year. Like I can, I still have McDavid as the best overall player. But when it comes to this season, I think Kucherov has he has some definite argument points. But when it comes, I feel like the best two players this season, obviously McDavid, obviously Kucherov. But I honestly, in my opinion, this season when it comes to performance, you gotta give it to Kucherov. I don't care if he plays with Stamkos or Point or whatever. How he has played. I've watched quite a bit of Tampa play games. He is the best player on that team. He is by far that. And even though you have amazing players like Brandon Point, amazing players like Steven Stamkos, Nukita Kucherov just elevates every single player on that team to just such an elite level that nobody really has right now. I mean, of course, you got Connor McDavid that always improves his teammates, but what Nikita Kucherov is doing is something special. He obviously has teammate help, but I feel like what he has been able to do, I mean, tying LeCavier, I mean, tying, he was on pace for like Yager and Lemieux records at some point. Like, he, he his season, for how many points he's scoring at, even though NHL scoring is up this year, how he's been able to do it and how he's been able to score in a pretty historically low-scoring league has just been the most impressive part to me. He still has 15 games to go. He has <laughs> played 67 games, 31 goals, 70, 77 assists. Wait, so he has 108 and, uh, points, right? 108 points. Did he Brady... already pass McDavid last year? Yep, yep. Yeah, he had 107. He passed Claude Giroux, too, who had 102. Oh, my Lord. Braden Point has 81 points in 65 games. Steve Stamkos Braden has Point points. is one of my favorite players in the league. Five, one of the most he's, underrated he's players. Amazing. So Nikita Kucherov tied Conor McDavid's points from last year. In 67 and he games. had... Yeah, no, 67. Yeah. yeah, he has like he has like 15 games to go, and he's already pat. He's already tied with Conor McDavid. You no, know, the thing year. with like what you said, Nate, is that you said, "Oh, he's playing with Stamkos." No, Stamkos is playing with Kucherov. It's not that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Point's saying? kind of in that. Point plays with um. Point plays with more like point kind of kind of points kind of right? good he because he plays with Palat. like. Col- yeah, he plays with like Palat and Miller, and sometimes sometimes like Kalord, and like I I like JT Miller. I I I don't really like Palat. Gonna be honest with you. It's so weird. I'm, if you look at the points, you know, um, Hedman has 42 points, and it's Tyler Johnson 39, Yanni Gord 39, JT Miller 36, uh, Kalorn 33. It's like they have like three top guys in the league of Stamkos, Point, and Kucherov, and that's that's pretty much you know. It just shows how Norse good this team is. And, and McDonough. We won it last year. Like, I want to compare it to uh, another team in that in that division, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Once, uh, once I once I pull up pull up their stats really quick. So obviously we have obviously Stamkos, Kucherov, and Point have the have the point lead. But then you look at um, the Maple Leafs, sixty points in Austin Matthews, sixty three points in Morgan Riley, defenseman by the way, in sixty six games he's having an amazing season. Um, John Tavares seventy two points, and then Mitch Marner with eighty one points. It's like the scoring 
like between these two teams, like it's it's unbelievable. It just shows how many how great Kucherov is because he pretty much fills up on <laughs> like three four lines of scoring just by himself. Yeah, I mean when it co- like with Kucherov, he's just such an amazing talent this season. I mean, when it comes to... He was drafted in the second round. Like, a lot of teams skipped out on him. But it just shows how good of a franchise Tampa is for being able to develop so many guys from a lot of late positions. I mean, when it comes to Tampa, they've been such a solid team in the last like last decade, really, since Steven Stamkos came in. They haven't had great opportunities to get some higher-up guys. I mean, Kuek-Kuek was pretty high up, but, like, when it comes I mean, to... Cuckoo? Yeah, Cuckoo. <laughs> I, I, st- oh, I still don't really know how to say his oh, name. You say I'm point. bad at names. Quack, quack. That's the best quack, one. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. 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 <laughs> That's the best one I've heard so far. All right. Go on. Ka-chook. Continue. Anyways, Ka-chook. like, well, they haven't had, like, great opportunities to draft, like, number one, number two since, like, Stamkos. They haven't had, like, Brandon Point should have been first overall, looking, obviously, with hindsight. Like, he was in an amazing 2016 draft, and, like, or I think, anyways, it, it was an amazing draft, and he was able to come out of, like, the third round and just be this spectacular talent. It just shows how good Tampa is at just being able to develop pretty much every single guy possible, besides Quack Quack. All right, so let's talk about the Western Conference now, because there's another uh, playoff race there. So we have St. Louis. And the Dallas Stars going to lose. <laughs> so we have the St. Louis Blues at 74 points. We have the Dallas Stars at 73 points, uh, the Minnesota Wild at 72 points. So those three teams Boo. hold playoff spots right now. St. Louis in the Central and then Dallas and Minnesota holding down the wild card. And then chasing uh, the wild card, we have Arizona with 69 points. Uh, they do have two nice. games in hand uh, with Minnesota. And then they have Colorado with 68, Edmonton with 65, and then Chicago down there with 63 along with Vancouver. So what do you guys think is going on here? I mean, this Western Conference is kind of so bad that some teams that should never be in that race are. I mean, Vancouver was in a playoff spot for a long time before Vegas started to finally get their crap together. Um, But when it comes to that playoff race, I am so hard bandwagging the Arizona Coyotes. So hard. When it came to this season, I made a prediction that the Arizona Coyotes would just make the playoffs with that second wildcard spot. And it looked like a terrible prediction to start out. It was looking terrible. There were so many injuries. The team wasn't playing good whatsoever. And then something just snapped. Darcy Kemper started to play like an elite goaltender. The defense started to be really, really good when guys like Demers were out. The offense started to really get clutch goals. I mean, Richardson has like some of the most shorthanded goals in the league like he's been amazing for some reason and it's just the coyotes are kind of capturing lightning in a bottle right now but i'm loving every single part of it they've won six games straight they're in the playoff hunt right now and to me if there's any team that is worth watching and keeping an eye out when it comes to this western conference race it has to be arizona it's actually really funny like a lot of people are kind of counting out arizona but realistically we've never seen them at full strength they don't have anti-rana right now because he's been injured uh, Galchenyuk obviously hasn't been great, but he was missing at the start of the season. They missed Amirs. They've missed Jalmerson for a little bit. Uh, like a bunch of their defense corps has been injured at random times. So we've never seen them at their best, and they're still finding a way. Obviously, in a bad Western, not a bad. Uh, it's a bad wild card. Race it's a bad one because they're top teams. In I the have a hot take, but you know they're kind of keeping up with all these injuries. 
I think right now is the perfect storm. St. Louis has lost two games in a row. I think the Stars are gonna kick them out of that third that third position. The the hold on the Coyotes are gonna kick the the Blues out of that fourth Ooh. one and they're gonna miss the playoffs. And the Coyotes are gonna make the playoffs the last week of the season. So Mark these words. Who gets the I second wild card then? Uh, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just pick, just pick Minnesota or something. I don't know. Minnesota. We'll go with Minnesota. But anyway, I think that the Blues are gonna they're gonna come back down to earth. And I I I I think right now, I mean the the are they though? The Jordan Pennington has been on fire. Yeah, you don't believe that hype train, I guess. I don't. I don't. I think he's I been don't te- believe it at the all. two games he's lost in like the last month have been against Dallas. Also, even though they lost their last two, they're six three and one in their last ten. You're act- like that's still really good. I know, but the but the last ten games of the Arizona Coyotes eight two zero. The Arizona Coyotes coming and, in clutch, and they're and they're bringing back the uh, our uh, Grubauer, not Grubauer. Uh, what's his name? Grabner is coming back after that horrible eye injury he got a couple months back. He he's gonna help that team out, bring some speed. That's pretty much a deadline acquisition right there. Yeah, um, it, when it comes, I gotta we gotta talk about this Jack Adams race because I I of course Barry Trot Barry Trotz has to get it number one. I, I right now he does, but if I'm if I'm talking about that top three, how do you not put Rick Talkin in there right now? Like, how? How do you possibly Oof. not? Ooh, I know That's, how. He, he, uh, He's gotten he the most out of every single player on that me. team. For, every for single me, he's player. Number four. I mean, you maybe you got to put John Cooper in that conversation for yeah, how good exactly. the Yeah, exactly. I have are. John Cooper, I have Barry Trotz, and I have Claude Julien. That's because I'm a Habs. Julian Watts? No. 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 Stop it, Jay. Stop it. Oh my god. No. Good. You're done. He healthy scratched Cock Kenny Emmy. And Come Jordan on. Wheel scored. What do you mean? Jordan Wheel just scored. I mean. All right. Uh, let's get on to real <laughs> things here. Um, the real conversation. For, for, yeah, let's let the men talk here. Uh, <laughs> I'm older uh, than so, Nathan. So, I would like so, to put so that Rick, up there. For for Rick for Rick talking right now. Obviously, for the amount of injuries, I believe at one point. I'm kidding, but let's say out of there, out of there, twelve. Talk, it should be in there. Out I'm of, just. Well, out of the, out of their twelve um, forward group, I believe they had eight of their main roster players out. Let's keep in mind they traded Dylan Strom from Nick Schmaltz, who broke himself he's two still, days later. He's still late. He's still injured, I think. Yeah, he's he's out. The, he's out the entire season. Jason Demers, Jason, De, well, Jason Demers, who's one of their top four defensemen, he just came out back. for out for almost the entire season. Just came back. Auntie Ranta, their starting goaltender, out almost the entire season. I think he's out for the rest of the season actually. Um, and they've been relying on backup backup goaltenders. Darcy to get the Kemper, job done. Darcy Kemper. Who knows about that guy? He's back. Um, I mean, they've been relying on backup players the entire Connor season. Connor Garland, I mean, like how Gar- well he's played. I was about played? to mention him. Garland's amazing. Where did this guy come from? I don't know. He's here. <laughs> uh, he's I, here. He's coming. I was watching. I was watching this game. The I believe it was like a month ago. Uh, it was the Maple Leafs versus the uh, versus the Arizona Coyotes. And I was like, who is this Garland guy? I keep hearing his name every two minutes. He's just a monster out there. Um, but no, I mean, honestly, you're right. I think Rick Tockett, if he if he doesn't get into at least the top three, I, I don't know who they're voting for because he, like you said, he has gotten the most out of this lineup, and there's no reason for him not to be in there. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, I think his chances go uh, yeah. away. But, I mean, if they make the playoffs somehow, some way, after all the injury, I believe they have, if I did the math right, I think they have a total of 400-man games lost, which is which is 
freaking nuts. And what the Coyotes are doing is it, 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 something that we've been waiting for for a while. It's like, oh, this is a Coyotes year. They're going for it. They got, like, last year, I thought they were going to actually be a decent team. Like, I thought Anthony Ranzo was going to come in there and finally be healthy and finally be good. He was meh. And the, and the Coyotes just could not get sustained offense last year. The defense was kind of bad at points. But this year, it's kind of coming together in such a weird way. I mean, this season was practically over for them. I almost completely gave up on them after that Schmaltz injury. I thought that was going to be the nail in the coffin for them. But they've come back without Nick Schmaltz, who they traded for Dylan, They traded away for Dylan Strom, who's doing amazing on Chicago right now. They don't have Antti Ranta still, I don't think. They had Jason Demers, who I think is one of the most underrated defensemen out for a long time. Just the def- the actual actual quality of players that they had out, the, just the quality of players that they had out for such a long time. And to still be in that playoff race, they were still kind of there. They were still kind of sneaky, and in the like last couple of weeks, they've just been able to get things done. They've had some players come back, and just the overall ability that I've seen from them has been really, really endearing for the future of that franchise, because let's be honest, there's probably not a lot of future in that anyways. This is true. All right, move. right, let's move on for a second. Another Pacific Division team, the Calgary Flames. Good. Are they, are, are they real? Oh, is this, is this, big is save this, Dave. Big save, Dave. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, I guess, you know, we're talking about the Arizona Coyotes and them really quick. I mean, over the weekend, Jerome McGinley, yeah. Jersey retirement. Uh, what? I mean, you so guys, you it guys. It took so co- long for them to do that. Oh, it did. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's fine. I mean, what, three years out of the league? Two years, actually, out of the league. Um, hey, man, I got to tell you right now, when Jerome McGinley was in his prime, should be top um, one hundred. He should have been on the top one hundred players list. He definitely should have. We gotta put Duncan Keith on there though. I know you gotta put three time thirty goal scorer Patrick Kane. <laughs> Isn't it four time thirty goal <laughs> scorer? Four now? time, four time, four. Sorry, sorry, four time. Four but, time now. Four time thirty goal scorer Patrick Kane. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. There's Joe Thornton should have been on there too. But um, for real, that's terrible. Yeah. Just for saying. for for right now. I mean, for drumming and like his jersey retired, he was the epitome or the definition of what a power forward is, and he was a leader on and off the ice. And I, I'm so happy he was my. favorite favorite player nhl 09 Ooh. 94 94 overall drum again just wrecked people's lives when i played versus mode just wrecked it he <laughs> you couldn't even get the puck off i would just play him for the whole entire game i but, mean good uh, strategy. he's amazing uh shane doan we were talking about the coyotes earlier shane doan one of the nicest people that i've ever i've ever had the pleasure to meet i've met him like three times after games uh at the united center um, he, he he was out there after games at the United Center in Chicago, out there signing signing jerseys and stuff. And I got the chance to talk to him a little bit. He was just such a humble guy. He asked he was asking me questions about my life. Like he yeah. was like, hey, how how was your day, man? Did you enjoy the game? Like he was asking me, just just nicest guy ever. Yeah, I, I was. I always when I played NHL, I'd always make him at least like an eighty-eight overall. <laughs> like I would always make him like just this awesome guy on the team, this leading the team. When he had that, um, when he had that year, I believe in twenty, I want to say twenty fourteen, where he it was his magical comeback year. He had like seventy points. It was nuts. I was so happy. I was so happy for him. He's there's not a nicer guy, I think, out there. And I. I believe if they're going to start like renaming trophies soon, I think he's going to be one of them that they rename it after. 
yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with that though, and especially with what what kind of like the John Devere's uh, debate. I like when it comes to Shane Doan, like when it comes to the Arizona Coyotes teams that he's gotten to play for in that in that stretch. Like, how many of those teams did anything? I mean, they went to the Western Conference Finals in 2012, I think it was that magical year that came out of nowhere. Yeah, 2012. Like, yeah, besides that, I mean, he got nothing to work with. He was the defining player for that team for so long got so little help really but was still able to put up points was still able to be an amazing player and that's kind of what the coyotes needed at that time but they were still not able to do much with him which i think was the saddest part but he had an illustrious career and not a really better player to do it for because he's just such a class act on on the ice and off the ice well after i think what people forget is right after that 2012 run his contract was out and he had the chance to leave the franchise. And, I mean, who wouldn't want to go to another team? Like, I mean, after that conference final, they were getting pretty, um, you know, uh, they they sucked. To be honest, they sucked after that. <laughs> and he had the chance to go leave the franchise. And what did he do? Decide to stay. And how many times did this guy, um, he pretty much helped Arizona stay inside the um inside where they are and i mean he was the only player that was good for that team for a long time yeah and again i mean he's a, he again fantastic ambassador for the for for the team and again i good i'm so glad they retired he's first person in arizona coyotes history rightfully to get deserved. Their, um, rightfully right deserved. to get their their his jersey retired i hope they do uh, uh hepo team and soon but um, definitely uh, a player that I, yep, he's a, he's a player that I respected that I've met a couple times and uh, greatest guy. Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to one of the last topics here. Now, when it comes to that, there's kind of a dead period in the NHL right now when it comes to news. Uh, but there was the NHL GM meetings that happened over the weekend, I do believe. And I don't think there could be really... I don't think it could be much bo- more boring. I mean, there was like a couple, couple of topics. There were some discussion. Take. Yeah. So probably to me the most interesting one, which says a lot because there were not a lot of interesting topics there. I think the most interesting topic there that was discussed was or was debated and was changed. I think was the helmets on pregame or pregame ice and that whole that whole ritual when it comes to the NHL. And that one kind of surprised me because it kind of came out of nowhere a little bit and I kind of didn't expect it. We had that Taylor Hall incident that a lot of people know from a few years ago, but that's kind of an outlier, I feel. I mean, when it comes to those pregame rituals, they're not needed whatsoever. You could just come out on the ice, but I feel like it's kind of special. It gives a lot of players the ability to... Uh, give back to some of the fans um, kind of play around with them and also do their thing but when it comes to the helmet debates I'm pretty sure they changed it now to where uh, it's going to be mandatory for the players to wear helmets during that and I think it's a good decision when it comes to safety definitely for sure that's got to be it but if I were going to say if I wanted them to have it or not I, I would keep the I would keep the authenticity of them having the helmets off for that. I mean, when it comes to some of the freak accents we've seen in the past, I, I know that's happened. Is it really authentic? Like, like, are you really going to make that point, though? Like, is it really any less authentic if they have a helmet on? I think it is. I mean, you get to like, see the players like, themselves. Oh, look, look at his look at his hair. Now I need, now I know I need, him I, more. I, I, no. Now so I my know first, him more. Now, my first now NHL game. Now that he's NHL unsafe. Game. 
first NHL game was Dallas Stars versus Calgary Flames. This was last season. It was the Yuri Lettinen retirement night. And I remember I was sitting on the Flames side where they did their practices, and the Yager was just sitting right there. We're not sitting, but like standing kind of shrunk over a little bit. And everybody was going crazy because of his, uh, of his flow, obviously. It's amazing. But I feel like that kind of just gives you a little bit of a personal connection to the players that you wouldn't have anyways. I, I mean, when you see the just players... Just look at like, a picture never, of them. They never take off their helmets like it almost never happens you don't get to just see look that. at a picture of them look at a picture of them eh. i mean i don't know i'm gonna make that argument i mean just look at a picture i think i mean i've seen in in games of junior games a lot of times where somebody just loses a skate and they bang their head on the on the look ice high skin in yeah, the all-star game I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of times where they won't be injured, you know, suffice to say. But I mean, a lot of times where they'll be shooting the puck around and it deflects off off of some post. off the post and yeah. bangs them in the head. I mean, or or even just like you're taking shots on whatever, and someone high height like takes a slap shot and they hit him in the mouth or something. Like stitches and stuff come off of that. I mean, I know that necessarily won't help. But I mean, it hits them in the eyes because they don't have a helmet on. And I mean, to just to just have a helmet on for the it's a it's a 15 minute skate to have your helmet on i really don't think it's all that big of a deal i mean it's not like this major thing i I just have that opinion i mean they've already put um you know it's mandatory they have visors on your helmet i think the next thing comes is the full is i think the full shields are coming up next. some players don't even put the visors on correctly like leo komarov has it like on top of his helmet. God bless him. Like he, God bless it's amazing him. to watch. It's amazing to see how he even does that. But like, it's not safe whatsoever. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if the, I think it's a good thing. But then again, it's one of those board meetings where I think they're not really. They don't really say anything. To be honest, right now, you're gonna hear all the good stuff a little bit later exactly. when all the reports come up. But for like right now, obviously, it's like, hey, we're gonna put helmets on the pre skate. You really think they sat around and talked about that for like two, three hours? Like, <laughs> I mean. I mean, they were there for like a, a day think, and a half. They were talking about they, something. You think they th- they flew out thirty one more than a hundred million people out there? Not hundred million. They probably flew Brian out Burke there. out there so we couldn't argue about something. Yeah, right. a bunch of jerks want to put on their helmets now. <laughs> Show the game. Show the Whatever. players. All right, Jay. Uh, so we're gonna start a new segment now, I guess. Um, okay. For yeah. the last. The, la- the last part of our podcast, we're going to play a little game called Guess That All right, Player. Yeah, so we have this little game called Guess That Player, so I'm going to give them a couple da, hints da, 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 on their stat line. Da, 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 and da. then if no one can guess it within that one, I'll give them a pretty obvious hint. And then if you get it on that one, you'll only get half a point, let's say. So yeah, I'll be the leader. So it's Grav versus uh, Nico. Okay. Hockey God. I'm going to win. All right, so for this first one, we have a player... Who has 14 goals and 48 assists? He is a defenseman in the Western Conference. Oh, and close any stat stuff you have up. Okay. 14 Um, goals. 14 goals, 48 assists. 14 goals. Is he on a playoff team? I can't tell you that. (laughs) Eric Gustafson. No. No. But that was close. Oh, it's not Duncan Keith. No way. No way it's Duncan Keith. There's nobody else in the Blackhawks defenseman. Uh, It's in the Central. Assist? No. Okay. I'm going to Ooh. say Pet. Uh, this won't be the obvious no. hint. Petrangelo. It is not Petrangelo. How many guesses do we have? Yeah. Like, well, I'll give you three. <laughs> we probably should have done this before. Probably should have laid here, the groundwork before uh, this. Uh, <laughs> we get three guesses. Yeah, you we get three, three guesses, guesses, and then I'll give you the like really easy hint. Okay. Okay. I'm already done. All right. All right. You're you're down to. Um. Okay. It's in the Western Conference. Is he in the Central? 
I d or Pacific. Ah. Uh, can you give me? Can you give us that hint? Ah, uh, I can. Okay, he, they're in the Pacific. Pacific. Giordano. Ah, uh, you got it. You nailed it. <laughs> Let's go. My, my final go. hint was gonna be using underrated uh, Vesna. Uh, no, Let's not Vesna. Sixty points for Mark Giordano. Underrated Norris Trophy. Uh, all right. So you can't beat a hockey god. <laughs> you can't beat the hockey god. All right. <laughs> all right. The next player I have has next up. 29 goals, 46 assists for 75 points. Uh, he's in the Eastern Conference. Oof, okay. 29 Aww. goals and how many assists? 46. Okay, Jeff Skinner. Ooh, no. No, he has 30. He has 30 goals. Um, oof, man. Is he in the Atlantic Division? Okay, I'll give you guys each one question, so I'll be yours. Uh, okay. So he is right. in the Metro. Metro. Oh, my gosh. Mm, he's on the Islanders. I can't answer that. Uh, I gave you your one question. Okay. Is uh, he on a Pennsylvanian team? I do not believe so. Okay. An what was that? that? I'm not okay. an answer. It's kind of hard for me. Okay, so 29 goals. 29 goals. Ooh, 29 goals. In the Metro. And, uh, 29 goals and 46 man. assists. Oh, Way. Uh, Steven Stamkos. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so right, so 75 out. points. I'm going... Oh, no, he has 79 75. points. 70, oh. 75. He has 75 points. 75. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Matthew Barzell. Nope. Okay, no. that's your three. All right, I'm done. All right. Grab, wait, okay. grab, yeah, you asked your question, right? Yeah. Yeah, he okay. asked your question. Mm, I'm going to... I don't have confidence give, in give, this. Give him the 10-second countdown. Okay. Not. Andersley. Nope. Okay, so here I'll give you the really obvious hint now. Okay. He plays for Carolina. Aho. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said Aho first. Terrifying. I said Aho. What was it? I think I heard Grav. Aho. Okay, you get you you get this one. I'll let him get one. Okay, so now give him one. So was Sebastian Aho? Right? Yeah, it was right. Okay, Sebastian. I would never go. I, I would never go. Okay, I didn't so think this one, I thought he had more okay, goals. Okay, I'm gonna do a really hard one yeah. for this. Okay. Okay, okay so for the for the tiebreaker, this one. For the tiebreaker, this one. is gonna be pretty pretty tough. Um, okay, this player has this player twenty seven goals and thirty four assists. Uh, he plays in okay. the Eastern Conference. Hmm. Twenty. What was the stat line again? Twenty seven. He's twenty seven goals. goals and thirty four assists. Does he play on a New York team? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, that's two. Is he? Is it in the Atlantic Division? Uh, I no, he's not. Ooh, okay, narrowed so it down. It's in the metro. It's in the metro. Okay, we get three chances, right? <laughs> yep. I think actually no, two okay. chances. Screw you guys. What? Oh come what? on. Starting now, okay, two okay, chances. Okay. Okay, I'll get. I'll I'll do the first. Cause you guys, one. I feel like the question should count as a guess. You see what I'm saying? So twenty-seven goals. Twenty-seven goals, thirty-four assists, sixty-one points. Nico Heischer. Not Nico Heischer. Oh man. Um. Man, I don't even, uh, <laughs> okay, you know what, I'm gonna go with, if he's in the Metro, it's not in New York, um, man, 61 points, um, how many games played does he have, can, can we get that one? I'm can pretty we, sure that can... gives away the team, so I'm, I can't. Okay, oh man, uh, 61 points, my dude, this is, this is a hard one, man, he's, he's in the Metro. It is hard, I, I Malkin. Malkin. Did he I didn't it? hear, sorry, cut out. Malkin. Oh, it's not Malkin. 
Oh, oh no! Oh, no! All right, oh, you got two. Do you still have your both guesses? I no, I'm I'm out now. Or no, I'm talking to Nico. Do you still have both guesses? I feel like he hasn't guessed anyone. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I still, I still, I still, I still have both guesses. Um, oh, man, not Malkin, and he's in. Oh, Malkin, okay. uh, he has kind of down a little bit. Jacob Voracek. Ooh, close. Oh. I'll say close <laughs> just because say- he has. Uh, Jacob Voracek has 59 points, but unfortunately, that's not. Milk, points milk wise, it's close, points. but it's not close. <laughs> oh my god! In the in the metro, Malkin had sixty six um, points. Oh, uh, dude. Uh, in in the metro, let's go with. Okay, this is Rand Drew. Ooh, no! You just two Philadelphia Flyers, both of them not right. Got him. Okay, so who is it? Who is it? I'm gonna we give suck. even. Uh, this is gonna be a worse. Uh, like like hint i'll give you guys another two guesses after this he was born in the united states okay and he's on a team that is in technically still available for the wild card can we look up his stand and he, and he has 20 oh man oh man he, he's oh not and he has a, and he has a he has a, a plus minus of nine for a team that shouldn't really have that good of a plus minus Dude, it's nobody. It's nobody else in the metro. I can't. I don't think unless it's is is, is a Columbus in the metro. Is it Atkinson? It's is not it Atkinson? Atkinson. Yeah. Oh my. Dude, it has to be Couturier. Then I don't know. Couturier's Canadian. Is it has to be Couturier? Oh, then I don't know who else is American. Wait, what? <laughs> who else is American here? I don't know. <laughs> I'm American. and I don't even know the answer here. Um, I don't know. Bergeron. Yes, I oh, even... Kyle Palmieri. Um, guys. Yeah. Uh, NHL just lied to me. What? I'm on NHL.com, and NHL just lied to me. Yeah. So that's not even my fault. I'll, I'll, I'll send you. Wait. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, so who? So Hold back. Hold back. One second. NHL is really confusing me here. Um. Wait a second. I'm looking this up now. You said he has 27 <laughs> goals, no, he's 34 he's assists. This, the, uh, what? Wait. 27 goals, 34 no. assists, okay, 61 points, plus minus a nine. Chat. Look at this crap. I thought- it's it's Sean Kachiri. Twenty seven goals, thirty four says sixty one points, plus minus a nine. He was born oh, born in me. Phoenix, Arizona. Born in Phoenix, Arizona. My boy, Sean Kachiri. I'm right. Hockey God wins. End of story. Bro, Cheater. Traitor. I don't want to tell off. you you're wrong, Nico, but you're wrong. <gasps> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, Who I'm kidding. You're right, you're right. Sean Kachiri. You guess both other. Hockey uh, guy. You guess both other Philadelphia players. Um, do we have time for more? <laughs> we can do best of five. No, no, no we're right. good. We're good for right now. We're probably going to cut. This I am done up. with this game right now. We gotta cut this. You gotta do Bro, I thought I was Paul like, Mary was. The thing is, I I knew he was like I knew on the top of my head he was Canadian, but I want to make Ooh. sure, right? And I go, you suck, and then done. it's like, all right. United States. Let's wrap this up, boys. Just, Let's bl- wrap this up, just blame boys. NHL now or NHL.com. Honestly, it made me so right. mad because right, I was let's... like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he's Canadian, but here. Well, you should have known it was he was Canadian. Good old Canadian boy, Kachere, Kachere, Kachere. Look in the chat right Kuchere. now that we have. You're Good old done. Canadian boy goes You're around done. there. Look in the chat. Let's it go. Says... <laughs> 
Phoenix, Arizona. It says birth birthplace Arizona. What is that? It's in the U.S. <laughs> he he can he can be birthed he can be born in Arizona but he still be birthed. a Canadian. No, exactly. But birthed. that's still like usually what it, like usually that doesn't change. All right, all right, fans. If you're listening to this, you tell us who's who's Canadian. Is he Canadian or or is US? Sean Couturier Canadian or American? I would. I we should would. just right, name wrap, this episode. Wrap this up. We should just name this episode Couturier. No, we're naming this episode Jay's Wrong. No, what the heck? <laughs> what is this? Jay's no. Wrong. Jay's Wrong. And then, all right, mute his mic. He's done. <laughs> what the heck? Right, Cut. End, end, Cut. End this thing. All right, whatever. You know what? Screw Randy. By the way, follow the podcast Twitter at ROH Podcast uh, on the Twitter network, or you can search up Religion of Hockey Podcast, the full name. Uh, follow me at 416J, so F O U R O N E S I X J A Y, 416J on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, I'll let Nico do his thing. Um, yes, you can follow me at Nico from the TO. This podcast is also brought to you by Puck77.com. Whoa. And by the Dallas Stars fan. Grav. I'm a Dallas Stars fan, unfortunately. You can find me, uh, at Nathan Gravity on Twitter. J-R-A-V-I-T-E-H on YouTube. You probably already know me already, but Nico and Jay good podcast sort of kind of sort of kind of this one was a little well, more out of place but there wasn't a lot to a lot, this was a very odd time to record it so we, we need to get our facts right <laughs> next episode five we'll finally Listen, get our facts it's late right. at night and finally. it's a very odd time to record this is right after a bunch of stuff happened right I mean, before a bunch of stuff happened so we'll we'll, we'll get our facts we'll get our facts follow me on twitter we'll okay bye we'll see you later facts straight next time episode five see ya <laughs>